Welcome to Influencer Business, where influencers get help with the hard stuff. Think of us as your business bible. We're a team of influencers and entrepreneurs dedicated to bringing professional resources and infrastructure to our community. I'm Rich Gudelari, CEO of Trove. I'm an entrepreneur focused on helping influencers run and grow their businesses with the resources and information they need. I host this podcast as well as a live webinar called Office Hours, which takes place every Wednesday. Here, I dig deeper into each weekly topic and answer all of your most pressing questions. Our weekly podcast features guests from across the professional landscape, sharing their experiences and advice and answering questions from the Trove community, which you can submit on our website at www.trovebusiness.com. Welcome back to Influencer Business. I'm your host, Rich Scudlari. Very excited to have you with us here this week. We have an awesome episode lined up for you. We're sitting down with Motion Kari and Marcel Flores, the founders of Ankari Flores. They're also both male, leading male fashion influencers. Um, and we're going to talk to them about everything that went into creating the brand, how they met, how they ended up deciding to work together, the beginnings, where they're headed now. It's a really awesome story and a great, some great insight into how to build a brand as an influencer beyond just the sponsored posts that you're doing, but actually create a product, put it out there, market it, and, and listening to your audience, getting their feedback and making it better and better with each passing year. But before we get to the interview, first, quick plug from us here at Trove. If you like what you hear on the podcast or frankly, even if you don't, head over and give us that five-star rating. Leave us that glowing review. It always helps. Helps us grow the podcast and reach more people. With that out of the way, let's get to the interview. Marcel and Moti, thanks so much for joining us today on Influencer Business. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having us, Rich. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. So let's start at the very beginning. Where'd you guys first meet? Well... Modi is convinced that we met twice before I thought we actually met at FIT. We did. We we met in the computer lab. Well, I just remember. See, it was on the street. It was on the street. It was the computer lab. Oh, it was the computer lab. Sorry. Okay, wait. Let me get closer. Okay. So, so Modi and I met at FIT. Okay. Um, He studied. Advertising, marketing, communications. I studied fashion merchandising management. So we didn't have any classes together, but there was about 10 guys at FIT in the fashion field. So. And that's why I remember seeing him at the computer lab because I think you were working there. Yeah, he's right. He was working there, <laughs> yeah. And um, Sorry. Uh, no, I was an exchange student. Yeah. That I could only work like internships or on campus. I was not allowed to get like a job. So, And I just remember having trouble with my computer. And Marcel came over and he's like, I don't know what's wrong with this computer. <laughs> Literally, that's what <laughs> he's really like. He's like, go to a different computer. I'm like, okay, cool. And that was it. Doing his, So that that was your job, telling people just to ship computers because you couldn't actually fix them? Yeah, and doing my homework behind a desk looking at everybody else. It was great. I got paid for that. Yeah. No, I actually, I, I fixed stuff from time to time. But mm-hmm. I th- it sounds like that computer had some real issues. So. Yeah, it had real issues. <laughs> So you met each other at FIT, but which of you started blogging first? Moti and Kari. Um, <laughs> I started in 2011. I was studying actually at Baruch College. I was studying accounting when I realized, what am I doing with my life? I was listening to my parents, listening to my sisters. And at that time, FIT had the reputation where guys didn't go mm-hmm. there. And I remember one of my sisters saying, oh, you're not going to FIT. And I'm like, I, I cannot be at Baruch for another minute. I was miserable with my life. I started my blog while I was at Baruch and it was so exciting for me because I was like, oh my God, this is like something that I want to be doing. Like, what am I doing with my life? I can imagine being 
a an accounting major in the middle of winter in New York. Oh it's my God, it's got to be so miserable. <laughs> and you have no, I had no friends. No offense to the accountants. <laughs> you know, we've actually been <laughs> unfortunately bashing accountants on several episodes. This is not the first time. <laughs> uh, and uh, both my brothers were accountants. Um, and a lot of family members were accountants. So no offense to accountants, but I can't imagine. It was worse. <laughs> I just didn't want to do it. And then, so I started the blog then, and it was kind of like my escape from reality. And it was so fun that I realized I need to do this as a, as a career. So I transferred over to FIT, and I got a internship at GQ Magazine. And I was there for about three years. And at the same time, I, that, I feel like the second year of blogging kind of took off. I got invited to the fashion shows. I got invited to events. That's pretty quick for most people. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that was the time when the women's space was growing so quick. Like Danielle Bernstein was in my class. We were what? And she was just starting off and she was climbing to the, running to the top. like <laughs> Sprinting. Sprinting to the top. Like I was like, wow, like she's killing it. And at that time there was five guy bloggers, five male bloggers. And I think more brands were more male focused brands were kind of attractive, attracted to this. And, you know, if it's working for the women's space, they're like, let's do it in the men's space. And that's kind of how it started almost. I feel mm -hmm. like the women's, the women started it. Mm -hmm. um, and then Marcel messaged me one day because we were we were friends on Facebook. Yeah. How did we become Officially, friends on Facebook? Yeah. Back then in 2013, well, that's well, how you knew well, you were friends. When yeah. you were one of 10 guys at FIT, <laughs> yeah. there was going to be yeah. at least some acknowledgement of each other, I would imagine. Exactly. It was a Facebook group. Uh, no. <laughs> it was the we hate everyone at FIT. No, I'm kidding. We were like, we were the underdogs, I feel. And it, it was it was nice being there, I feel like. I felt motivated. Everyone was creative there. Everyone was excited. It felt so different compared to Baruch. And I remember meeting Marcel, and he was so motivated, so excited. And I remember him telling me he was going to become one of me. And I'm like, oh, a Jew? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was inspired by Modi. And I, I, like, unlike him, and unlike a lot of my friends, I actually didn't just do it because I thought it was going to be a hobby. And I was like, going to lose, my, lose myself in writing. I hate writing. So the block part has never been the fun part to me. Prefer talking much. That's why YouTube now. Um, mm -hmm. I started in 2013. So had you been following his career as a fashion well, blogger? On Instagram. We were friends. So Right, right. No, yeah, but had so, you been paying attention with the idea that, hey, maybe when did you get the idea? No. That, so uh, it was my girlfriend to be at the time, mm -hmm. um, who I'm not with anymore. Sure. Thank you very much, Rich. Um, <laughs> she was already a blogger, kind of. Okay. And I I had a friend of a friend, my best friend's other best friend was a blogger as well, Dan Trepanier. Back then it was called the, he was called the style blogger, rebranded since. And I heard him being ambassador for Gillette and like traveling through Canada, which looking back is not like, you know, the best travel destination out of all the places that we've visited so far. But I hey, don't hate on Canada. And, uh, Nothing no, wrong I mean, Canada. Yeah, no, like... no, I love Canada. It's great. <laughs> all 12 people there are really nice. Um, Sorry no, for no, any Canadians listening no, to this. No, I actually love Canada. So Toronto is a gorgeous city. Among many others, thank you. Okay, stay politically He's correct. He's so fast. <laughs> so <right> hard. <laughs> no, but like as a blogger, we've been to incredible places, and and while Canada is incredible, I've I've just seen a lot now. But that was so impressive to me, and also working with Gillette, who I've had uh, both of us have yeah. had the pleasure of working with over the years, and so I knew you could make money with it. And she was kind of the one who gave me the tools. Like she knew photography, she had a great eye for for design and creative stuff. So so learning that, I was like. You need to do this. You need to actually make money with it. 
I loved it. Like I, I studied fashion for a reason. I love I loved it in, in the first place. But, but you came I, at it with a business with a business mindset. Okay. Yeah. So I I wanted it to be a brand marketing tool. Got it. So f- yeah. And and Moti, you didn't start that way. You were like, oh, this is interesting. Or did you say, hey, I'm gonna make money on this too? I kind of, when I started it, it was a hobby, but I knew it was gonna become something. I knew because at the time, Leandra Medin was happening, and she right before, yeah. and she was killing it. She was doing crazy partnerships. So that's why I was kind of like, you know what? I want to be the male version. Nice. Yeah, no, Man Repeller was happening, obviously paved the way for a lot of different people. It's fascinating to see you drew a lot of inspiration from the women's side of things. And you two have really been big pioneers on the men's side of things. Yeah. And so when did you guys decide to do a product together? That was Modi who approached me. That is Mm. about three and a half, four years ago. And Modi said, hey, I want to do a shoe brand with the concept seven pairs of shoes for seven days of the week. Now, he came from the advertising background, but I also had my my whole foot in the marketing scene. And what I loved about it, for one, we share a passion for footwear. <clears throat> Excuse me. But more importantly, it was striking a chord with me because I felt like I was walking into some brands and every season they'd have like three, four amazing silhouettes and a bunch of stuff that seemed like it was just sitting on the shelf to please the mass market. So... Not only did his sound great and like it just tells a great story to begin with, it also approached creating a brand from a different angle, which was curation and perfecting a smaller number of shoes that to to create a shoe brand that people can trust. So it doesn't matter which of the seven pairs you want. Like we have a pair for every guy, right? But you don't have to worry about the fact that they're too flashy, not going to last you. Like from a quality standpoint and from a design standpoint, they're made to stand out just enough to still be worn timelessly. So we just, I just, he said it, I was on board and we kind of just started working together. And how long had you been incubating that idea? I think for, I mean, my entire life, I feel, because I've always wanted to create a brand. Okay. I remember in high school, I said I was going to create a fashion brand because it's something that I'm so interested and so passionate about. Um, But personally, I think, it hit me that this can be a reality maybe five years ago because mm-hmm. Marcel and I have such great access to the market. We know what's out there. We know what could be better, what what could be done, what's amazing, what's great. And we're like... And thinking, what's crap. <laughs> yeah, and what's crap. Yeah, we know what's shit. So yeah. um, we, we thought, why not, why direct our followers to something that, you know, to a brand that we... Obviously, we're promoting, we're working with brands and we're promoting their product because we like it. But there's always flaws in them that you want to put your own like spin on it. Like even if even if it's... You still like the shoe. You still love. I still love YSL boots, but there's, for me personally, like I could see a flaw. Like I see why there's flaws in them, mm-hmm. and like I want to perfect it. Like, it is a great boot for many people, and everyone loves them because they're YSL. But, you know, like we get to perfect. We get get to present our perfect shoe. Yeah, and that's like that's the best part of it. It's a different vision, a little bit. Yeah, and yeah. And, and that with that comes also our potential market from day one, right? Our combined audiences that follow us for our style. So then if we do our iteration right. of any given silhouette, that should resonate with them as well. Because you have this group of people who've self-selected into, I like these exactly. two gentlemen, yeah. I like what they wear. If they produce something, I'm more inclined to buy it or like it. But how was it, how did you know it was the right time? Because this was, you guys are much bigger now than you were back then. Yeah. Like, what was it that triggered this, hey, one... Now's the time. And two, this is the guy to do it with. Four years ago. <laughs> Actually, that's a really Load, good question. Loaded wow. question. I, don't, I don't think I've ever heard I never anybody heard ask that. him that. That's a really good question. Literally. Wow. Well, four years ago, 
would have marked me doing influencer work for four years. So at that point I was thinking, what's the next thing? Like, what can we be, what are we doing? I saw women doing partnership, not even that many, but like women were doing partnerships with brands, just a small little capsule collection or yeah. just a product. Putting their name on a product. Putting a name mm. on a product. And yeah. it's not even their own. It's for a brand. Yeah. So even then, how authentic is that? How, like, I thought I want to create my own. And the reason why I chose Marcel is because I got so many applications in and so many headshots. <laughs> and I just thought, no, I'm kidding. Marcel and I are best friends for like eight years, seven years now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I wouldn't think of I didn't think of anyone else for this. Like I don't think, hmm, who else should I present this idea to? Like he was obviously like a no-brainer, like someone that I love and we both share the same passion, the same the same yeah, we, we have similar style. We, we, we it was have, a sweet moment. <laughs> like out of all the men out there, like the men, the the fashion bloggers out there, I feel like Marcel is the most similar in style with me, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even sure. more so back then. So I think our style has has diverged a little bit. Yeah. I've, I've stayed a little bit more um, on the essential side, while Modi's a little bit more in the high fashion side. But still, where we yeah. come together, it seems to be footwear, and we still tend to balance it. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't have gone into business with a lot of my friends, definitely. And you know, they say don't yeah, don't choose, go yeah. into business with your friends because this and that. Yeah. I Meanwhile, don't... I have two businesses with my wife. Yeah. Uh, all right. yeah. Well, how's that going? Like... <laughs> Great, actually. Yeah. She's a lot smarter awesome. than me. So, yeah. It works out nicely. Smart man right there, that <laughs> comment. No, but we, since, since day one, I don't believe we've had a single... We definitely haven't had a single fight. We may have had one or two... If you want to call them arguments, but almost everything, we... It's just... We'll call them discussions. We know... We know yeah, yeah. Discuss, well, yeah. Yeah. But... Not even that. Like I think I know to step back when I know Modi's right, and vice versa. Yeah. And it's a, it's just a really nice dynamic that I think worked out better than either of us yeah. could have could have imagined. A couple yeah. of things I want to dig in on. First of all, you said you always wanted to build a brand. Why did you decide shoes was the place to go? Because you could have chosen anything. You could have gone smaller. You could have gone simple jewelry, right? Yeah. Why did you decide shoes is tough? Shoes is tough, but it's something that I love. I mm-hmm. love footwear. And I remember Marcel and I would always have discussions about mm. footwear all the time. And it's something that since high school, I've always collected shoes. It was always so hard for me to get rid of shoes. Yeah. And I said to myself, if I'm ever going to do anything, it's going to be footwear. I never wanted, I never had had the idea of my own brand. I want to have my own business, but not necessarily my brand. But if it was going to be anything, it was going to be shoes. Yeah. And I think what Modi says, like, you need to have the passion in it. If you're going for what's easy, what's quick, I'd, don't know like i get so many people asking how can i become an influencer and uh, the, the simplest answer i have for them is you need to be passionate about what you're doing i think that goes yeah for anything you do in life like do it with passion and you'll succeed yeah 99 percent of everything is execution and you're gonna have so many bumps in the road that mm. if you don't have the passion to like get up and and on days where there isn't a bump and you still not feeling that it's gonna be hard on the days yep. where there are those bumps well let's talk about that what were some of the bumps <laughs> in the road early on early on i think we overestimated a couple of things. Uh, that was one, how international our customer base is while being really only available in the US. It was two, the power or, or the lack of a power of a presale because we had, I think, 1,500, 2,000 hits within the first few hours of when we launched the website, but our shoes weren't available for another three weeks. Yeah. And no one was going to pre-order a product that they had never touched, felt, whatever. Sure. And that brings us to the next thing. We're selling, not only are we selling online, but we're selling shoes online with two names on there that are known for styling, but not necessarily for a, for making a great product. So 
selling a shoe for $165 for the sneaker and $245 lower top to $95 boots, that's a steep price point if you don't know what you're getting. We especially, know it's an incredible value. Especially the value. guys. Yeah, yeah. Especially, especially It's a guys. very different market for guys than, than women. We know it's mm-hmm. an incredible value for a handmade shoe with, uh, in Italy with Italian fabrics. Like, we know this, but how do we communicate that? And I think that, that was a big, big lesson that we learned that we need to be a lot more um, upfront about it and, and let people know. And now, obviously, um, having, having um, the ability to send people into Nordstrom to, to try our shoes on is a big, big thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, let's lessons. talk about that a little bit because you guys were D2C for a long time, but in the last two months, you've announced that you're going to be in a several Nordstrom location. What's what's that like? So we're currently in seven Nordstroms across the U.S. and including on their website. It's so incredible. Like we're in the we're in the best vehicle ever. We're in the best department store in the U.S. And for us, I think it's such a huge honor, and it validates us as bloggers and our brand. It validates our brand the most. I feel like saying like, wow. We're legit, and this is our brand. But talk me through the differences of D2C versus Nordstrom. So D2C, you're selling on your own site. You didn't have any retail locations. and Now you're in seven different local locales. Local, yeah. Right? And on their website. Talk to me about the differences between the two. So I think the first thing, going off of what I just said, is being able to, to physically connect with a product that has been a huge thing. Yeah. And we've been lucky that the feedback has been, has been impeccable. Like, everybody that's tried on a shoe felt like... They seem to fall in love and come back for second and third pairs, which is exactly what we want. Overall, we are, of course, now exposed to a market that doesn't know necessarily who Modi and I are. Exactly. First, like At first, it was our followers that were our customers and eventually their friends or family members or whatever it may be. But now we're exposed to somebody that... There was some link back to you, whether it was a follower or a friend of a follower or... Yeah. So and there now was... we're capturing a new audience, people mm-hmm. that have never heard of Moti or Marcel. Or Marcel, and now they're walking into a Nordstrom, seeing Ankari Flores, and then they're discovering who we are. So it's really nice being able to have a shoe at a le- at a legit department store, and when someone comes across Ankari Flores, they're gonna look it up and see two pretty legit people. Yeah. So like I feel <laughs> if it, I don't, if I do say, if so I myself. do say so myself, like and I do say so myself, and I do so exactly. <laughs> but you know what I mean, like yeah, we it helps validate our brand and it helps. If you walk in and see any other footwear brand and Google them, it just looks like a footwear brand. But there's two people that have right. kind of authority in fashion. Not authority, but you know what I mean. Like It helps legitimize it. And mm-hmm. I feel like it, they're more likely to buy the product even when they don't know us. Mm-hmm. Well, t- let's talk about the operational side, though, because now the 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 whole relationship with Nordstrom is very different than fulfilling your own website. What are the challenges there or the benefits, what, the pluses and minuses? So... We obviously know what the seasonality of fashion is, right? But when you're D2C, you have some sort of flexibility. It's not like you need to meet a deadline to have something in stores because you're just working for yourself. You obviously try and get it out as good as you can. But honestly, I think Modi and I try to adjust a little bit more to the way the weather is actually panning out Mm -hmm. in America now with global warming and whatnot so that we don't necessarily need our shoes, our spring shoes on the floor by... February 1st, yeah. as it is fairly common, because people, you know, realistically start shopping for spring footwear probably somewhere late March, early April. Now, of course, we're dealing with somebody else that that is an external partner. And, and we, a big partner at that. And, and a yeah. big partner at that, that they have very set rules. Luckily, Nordstrom is known to be have great customer service, not only consumer-facing, but also B2B. So they've been very understanding and, and working with us, but that has been a big challenge, trying to work in those those deadlines, trying to work with the factory to make sure 
of all those little details, going into the stores, having product knowledge meetings to to have other people truly properly represent us, what we stand for, you know, and present the shoes in the right way. So there's definitely a lot of difficulties that came with that, but it's been it's been a breeze considering how many things could possibly go wrong in the process. But between our team um, that that's working, you know, besides Modi, uh, alongside Modi and I on AF and the team at Nordstrom, it's been r- really smooth. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about your relationship, both outside of the brand and inside the brand. Can you talk to us first about your friendship and then how that translated into your working relationship? I hate Marcel. No, I'm kidding. I love- <laughs> this is like a large part of our relationship. I hate, right I, I hate Marcel and it's only gotten deeper. <laughs> since- I'm yeah. kidding. No, me and Marcel get along so great. It's so beautiful. We've never argue. He usually agrees with everything I say. I usually say <laughs> I'm really funny and he agrees and it just works out. Um, no, but no, like it's really, it's actually that simple. Our, our yeah. relationship is pretty straightforward in, in that we we're just there for each other. We've we've gone through a lot of things together, whether it's professional. Like we we used to meet up every weekend because he used he, we used to live very close to each other. Yeah, just like he would come pick me up with his car. Yeah. We'd each have five six looks in the in in the car, and we'd drive to Dumbo and spend the whole day shooting, um, which was painful, oh, especially awesome. at like twenty some degrees. Oh, it was freezing. It was yeah. Yeah. terrible. Me. You don't have to tell me twice. Yeah. From that to to um, relationships and dating and things that we've shared there to family stuff and like we've just gone through a lot together. And while we're not hanging out, they're holding hands again. You <laughs> <laughs> missed. Though. I was about to <laughs> cry. We've gone through a lot together, and it's it's one of those friendships like where we don't see each other every day, or we don't need to hang out every day, but we're there when it counts. Yeah, you yeah. you pick up right where you left off. Yeah. And so, how does that translate into business in terms of how do responsibilities break down? How do you focus on having discussions such that you can get things done in a timely manner? Wow, that's a really good question. I feel like I am on Marcel a lot. Like I kind of like mm-hmm. I'm getting better at it. I used to be. A so little... are you more kind of time management, orderly, have things that you got to get done, and are you more free flowing? That's funny. It's kind. Of, I feel like in right, meetings because... it's kind of the opposite. Yeah. But but Modi, he Modi's more on the brand on a like on day to day stuff. Okay. Yeah. So he he's a lot better with that. He runs our Instagram account and and does. A whole lot of things. So make sure you guys follow Ankari Flores on Instagram at Ankari Flores. Follow now. Thanks. <laughs> like every Just photo. in case you missed that, that's an Ankari Flores on Instagram. That's their handle. Definitely go check them out. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Um, no, and and it's, I guess we don't really know how to answer this question all that properly because it's somewhat natural. Obviously, yeah. Modi's uh, got a strong background in, in PR and publishing. So he's been doing a lot of that, getting us placements. Um, for me, I have a little bit more uh, background on the wholesale side because that's where I did a few internships. So a lot of the conversations with Nordstrom and like the product presentation, I let that more. But it really kind of shifts back and forth. Well, depending let, let on, me give you an example. Yeah. Okay, yeah. there's a there's an issue with your supplier, right? You get an email or whatever, something's gone gone wrong. Who's the f- who picks up the phone? Who sends the email? How does that work? Like the factory. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Dino or Tyler? Oh yeah, we we have two. We have a we have a small but bigger team. I guess like they, maybe Justin. If it's the factory, it'll be Tyler. If it's, it'll be Tyler. Yeah. Okay, so it's one of the so, team members. You yeah, guys are yeah. front facing, but you've got these folks behind yeah. you, kind when of it, like when it comes it. to customer uh, customer service, order fulfillment, yeah. factory orders, mm-hmm. um, QC, all of that. We have we we were lucky enough to find a partner that has decades of experience in in manufacturing footwear mm-hmm. that we had worked with prior as as bloggers and yeah. that's what made the launch significantly easier than I think for a lot of other people that that need to learn by mistakes. Well yeah, so like, let's talk a little bit about that. So 
obviously influencing is a big space. There are a lot of people in the fashion space in particular. Men's is picking up. Women's is massive. Yeah. Uh, men's is still trailing women's, but there <laughs> are a lot will. of, yeah, always <laughs> will. I mean, it just, it makes sense. But in terms of kind of products, there are a lot of people out there looking to create products, right? You guys were lucky enough to be at FIT, have a bunch of internships and experience. If I'm somebody who maybe doesn't have that experience, but I want to launch a brand, what are some of the things that I should think about? What are some of the things that I should do having done it yourselves? I think first, don't rush it. If you're going through products and samples, wait until you feel 100% comfortable with it before you put it out there because this is your one shot. I would say that's a big component. And two, if you're going to have a team, make sure you have a great team behind you because that's something that you need someone to help you out. You also have your own business. This, the, You're not going to be doing this full time and you need someone there to help you out like it's it's that's why it's so amazing having marcel because like we're both kind of in the beginning i feel Mm. when we were a smaller team it was bouncing me and him and it it was great i feel like if i was doing it on my own i'd probably be drowning like i probably wouldn't we wouldn't be where we're at Mm. i think it's i i personally rely on the internet a lot if you if you want to learn something i go on youtube and i watch videos thankfully we live in this content driven age where Probably every successful entrepreneur has has kind of shared their story in one way or another. So trying to go there, but I know one of the hardest things to do when you, when you are working on a new product is finding a factory. So if you generally Google like where that type of uh, an easy way to start is actually like looking into your favorite products and see where they're made, at least in the country. Then look for factories in that country on Google. And I've literally had friends of mine find producers in uh, factories in Bali by literally traveling there and just going to a bunch of the different places that they saw online. So like it takes physical involvement. I think that's one of the most important things if you're going to have something produced is to know where it's being produced. Mm-hmm. Make sure, of course, and now we're talking also about sustainability, where are the materials sourced and, and um, how are the people treated? Are they being, uh, being paid a, a living wage? There's a lot in that, but I think it's so elementary in creating a product that that. Yeah, there is it's, no substitute for the legwork. Actually yeah, getting yeah. there, physically seeing the factory, yeah. meeting the people who are going to be producing your shoes or whatever the product is. I think a lot of people forget that yeah. in this day and age. Everybody thinks, oh, the internet, I'll do it remotely, drop shipping, all that jazz. Like, You can do that and sometimes you'll get lucky, but in the vast majority of cases, something's going to screw up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. What are some of the pieces to the building of the brand puzzle? that you didn't expect? What are some of the things that surprised you about? Because you had already built two brands, right? Right. The Metro Man and one Dapper Street. But now you were, com- com- you were putting your forces together for this third brand. What was different about that? What are some of the things that surprised you? I think with the previous two answers, we, we yeah. covered a lot. The team mm-hmm. helped us out with a lot of the curveballs that, curve that I think would have hit us that mm-hmm. we kind of got shielded from. And we've learned our lesson within the first couple of months of launching of, of what we probably could have done differently. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, we've, we've uh, much like when we're bloggers, we've received incredible support and feedback from our friends who are also in the industry and, and have helped us get this thing off the ground. Have you received any specific feedback as it relates to the shoes that you've actually acted upon? Meaning like, I don't know, the sole's too wide or thin or it's, it needs to, the style, you know, yeah. The sole... For our dress shoes, are were kind of they were dress shoes, so they were very slippery. It was a leather sole. It was a leather sole, so they were quite slippery. There was no traction. So now our new fall collection, we've added a rubber. It's just a half top rubber 
um, just for traction. So that way people aren't. And that was something you heard from customers. It was from us and from customers. Like I felt that too, but I didn't say it until someone mentioned it. Interesting. I I think the biggest, the biggest customer feedback we've gotten is uh, a color request. So we had done the combat boot and, and yeah. And, Blue and navy and brown, and they were like, "We need this in black." We did it the following season, and it's been it's been one of our top sellers. Yeah. So and yes, reason, we definitely do listen. And the reason why we didn't return that we haven't we didn't first launch it with black is because there was too much black boots in our collection. <laughs> that was gonna yeah. be my next question. Yeah. Black seems to be the obvious yeah. choice, but yeah, no, that's great. Oh uh, yeah, we try and switch it up a little bit so we're not just you know putting out white sneakers and black boots, which we know are selling a lot. Like yeah. we do want it to be. Like, like I said, we do want it to have a little bit of a twist, not to the extent that you can't wear it after the season because it's not trending anymore. But so it's a little bit more interesting. Like I still wear like literally all of the shoes that we've ever created. And we do update season over season a little bit, but it just goes to show that you can still wear the shoes that we designed three years ago. Yeah. Actually, yeah. The, the broke the broke mixed material. The wingtips? Yeah, the wingtips. That's well, good because if you're not wearing them, then uh, how do you expect <laughs> your customers to wear them? Yeah, right? I mean, like, yes, that's a, absolutely. I think that goes to show how like smart and thoughtful the design was. I think when we make, when each time we make a style or a sample, we always ask ourselves, Will we wear this? And then we move forward with it. Yeah, absolutely. Before you actually got started, did you do any sort of testing in the market? Did you have any data that supported, yes, this brand is going to work, as opposed to just saying, I know I, can, I know shoes sell because people have to wear shoes. We're going to create our own line. Was there anything you did in terms of research and development, customer feedback, even before you launched the brand? We based uh, no, no. Um, no. We, we, we didn't put it out and we knew it was going to be. Yeah, we didn't know. We didn't have real feedback. Like we didn't ask anyone. But based on our experience and our followers, we've already known what shoes worked, what shoes didn't. We would have. We already get. We already got comments, DMs on shoes that we've worn, and that's how we kind of knew what would. A, we're wearing them, and B, people are already talking about them. Yeah. So we kind of had that kind of yeah. research done. So you yeah. didn't build a PowerPoint deck that said the market size is this, no. but you had four yeah. years of DMs, comments, clicks, swipe ups, whatever it is, showing you and kind of leading you down this path. Exactly. And right. it, and was that hugely informative when you guys were talking about the first set of designs? I think a lot of it. So the way I even look at trends overall, it's not something where I go out and find out, like, like you said, the PowerPoint presentation. Right, I think, yeah. Like I'm not making a PowerPoint presentation of like the best trends and you need to follow this and that pattern exactly. I think even influencers as a whole, we don't do things like we're meant to. And I'm quoting, uh, air quoting that. We, <laughs> we 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 said, oh look at that entire photo set. I'm gonna grab my buddy and a camera and create a photo that is basically of the same quality, like using natural light mm-hmm. with two people. Right, but I would say so, the stakes are much higher when you're launching a product. Right, but we also we I mean we it's not like we we went head in with, you know, a $100,000 order in in our warehouse. Mm-hmm. So I we think- kind of did. <laughs> we kind of did. Well, that's the thing. You have to buy inventory, right? right. You've got to make that investment and it's a bet, right? It's a, it's an investment like investing in the stock market, except it's much more binary. It's like yes or no. Yeah. Right? Right. Yeah. And right so, right in- and so you were counting on your ability to curate Right, the ideal collection for your audience, which obviously you're the best suited to do. Right. Well, here's here's okay. Thank so you. here's why I said no in the first place because I think <laughs> we're we're taking in a lot of that feedback. Yeah. On a daily basis, without much realizing it, our 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 decisions aren't a bet. Our decisions are educated on a daily basis, whether or not we consciously 
take that into account. Mm-hmm. And I think if we if we were to say we don't want to invest in this because we we don't know if it's going to sell, then we might as well quit our day jobs because our day job is to figure out what people are going to like or at least style them in a way that they are going to like and present it to them. So I think the belief in the shoe brand is closely related to our belief in 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 what we do in the in the in the first place, mm-hmm. which is helping men navigate the the fashion scene from high end to low end good quality bad quality sure. what's the difference but let's and- talk about those initial seven shoes because things come in and out of trends right mm-hmm. and so how did you say these are the seven that we're going to produce we know that these will do well we we'll talk a little bit about that selection process that design process because it's also not one person's point of view it's two people mm-hmm. and yeah. yes you might align closely yeah but you're two different people with two different senses of style, right? Yeah. I think the seven pairs kind of came organically just based on the shoes that we wear every day. Okay. If you you have probably, I don't know if you do, but a lot of people kind of <laughs> have like 25 pairs, 30 pairs. I, I keep telling you that's not accurate. You I know swear what? most it's people not, have like right. five on average. I'm no. just shrinking in my chair right <laughs> now. Got, guys I got have like a, seven. No. You have seven pairs? No, I have more than seven. How many pairs of shoes do you have? I think you're probably right. It's oh, it's probably thank like, you so much, Marcel. Thank his you so wife much. Is a fashion blogger. Like I said, <laughs> some true. people have about twenty to twenty-five pairs of shoes. That's right. No, you're twenty abs- to twenty-five. I probably pairs. have about thirty. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And h- how many pairs do you wear? Probably five. Oh, you're you were close. Said you're about to say seven. Just give it to <laughs> I us. I didn't want to give it give to it him. To but us. No, you're right. Yeah. That is exactly our point. Yeah. Like we, the seven pairs kind of came organically based on the seven pairs that we wear. Yeah. And together. So there's, there's a method to this madness. There's a method to this madness. Exactly. <laughs> and it. we're also subtracting the, you know, the weather shoes that you need in the evening. Mm-hmm. Just the special, the special occasion shoes. Exactly. And um, I think that's kind of how we present we got the seven days it was just an organic that's yeah but if you look at men's footwear over the past hundred years some things just haven't changed a lot so our our launch collection had a had a broked wingtip a double mong strap a chelsea boot a derby a tassel loafer and then a white sneaker with the first modern silhouette yeah and then we had a broke mixed material boot. So you see that there's a lot of it is more a modern take on what is essential in the men's footwear market. Yeah, a lot has uh, a lot less has changed over the men's footwear market perhaps than the women's footwear yeah. market. Oh, and I think that's course. incredibly important. So you're heading into a market where you had a very clearly defined sense of what works and then you added your own special twist to it. Exactly. Yeah. And so it wasn't like you were coming in blind. Yes, maybe you didn't have the you know, consulting PowerPoint presentation, but you had years of data and reactions stored away, plus this incredible background that allowed you to do it, right? Right. And I think, but now let's talk a little bit about how this plays with your day job because you now have a brand, but also you make a lot of money working with other brands. Millions and millions. Millions and millions of dollars. (laughs) Millions and billions and billions and billions. So how do you, how do you, what is your relationship like with other shoe brands now? Our relationship with other shoe brands is still... In existence. Yeah. Because, first of all, I mean, we obviously don't work with direct competitors, obviously, because that doesn't make sense, because we have to be authentic to us, but we definitely still wear other shoes. We still wear designer shoes. I'll still wear my Dior sneakers at least twice a week. I'm not, and personally, if we're both just posting about our shoes and throwing them at our followers, it just becomes so not authentic and not genuine, and people won't react to it and not not trust us we will lose their trust so i think that's something that we need to consider and a lot of, some people will, will ask us like why are you wearing other shoe brands like you shouldn't and i'm like if what first of all don't tell me what to do and second <laughs> of all like if i'm just wearing my own shoe brand like that makes me so 
one dimensional. One dimension. Like obviously you see designers wearing other brands all the time. Like Kanye West is not just wearing his Yeezys. Yeah, it's true. Right. Yeah. I saw him wearing those Bottega Veneta boots, so don't play me. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's also like, yes, we, we, we try and scoop up a large part of the potential market, but there's some people that are on the lower end, some people are on the higher end. Like, I love a pair of Converse, I love a pair of Vans that's obviously much more affordable. You need to show that diversity, and I think at the end of the day, you, you, you got to balance it a little bit. Like, when am I going out creating content, repping my brand? When am I being an influencer and I actually need to show people what's out there that I also like right now. Like it's, it's so for us, it's very essential when I work with other brands, which I still do work with other footwear brands. I just try and go for more seasonal styles because that's still something I love and, and I want to show the people, but when it comes to essentials, I know our value quality formula is solid. Yeah, absolutely. Cause so, you, you know, artists should be able to appreciate other artists exactly work, yeah right it's not like i'm you know i'm van gogh i'm sitting at home saying well fuck all those other guys right like you got to be able to appreciate other stuff and wear other stuff support other brands because you know you might have a couple of people out there trying to start another shoe brand right yeah and you know being able to promote them celebrate them is how you guys want to be treated as well right yeah no that's i think there's a very healthy way to look at it is is there always in the back of your mind, are you always thinking, okay, how can I incorporate our brand? Is it something that's conscious? Is it something you've written down? Is it something you're very deliberate about? Or does it happen kind of organically just because the shoes you do create are so classic? We definitely made it a point. In the beginning, we, we noticed uh, we were wearing our shoes, but then oftentimes we would only shoot when we were not wearing the shoes because on a daily basis, we, we shoot sometimes, but it's more so now we set out to shoot, right? Yeah. It's a photo shoot time. So we noticed that damn, we don't have any photos for Instagram. Like we need to post something. <laughs> we need to push our content. So we, it was a conscious decision at some point to be like, okay, we got to wear them more, um, especially when we're shooting. But it just turned into us literally 90% of the time wearing the shoes yeah. and it did impact, I think, a little bit how we looked at the collection after the first launch season. And we, we went a little bit more into the sneaker realm because we find, found ourselves wearing the sneakers a lot because there's a big trend in menswear. And especially like on the fashion forward thing, we, we just went a little deeper into sneakers. And that, uh, like, that changed. So, so the fact that we told ourselves we got to wear this more, we noticed we're not necessarily the guy that wears all seven pairs. It's supposed to appeal to different lifestyles. We don't go to an office. We don't have to wear a suit. We might not wear the Monday broke to Oxford, you know, every every day or mm -hmm. every week even. So we made it a little bit more casual and tried to incorporate the the mass movement. So not one particular trend, but the overall movement towards a little bit more comfort that can still be dressed up. And now you see in office settings, you have a clean white sneaker or or even something a little bit more outstanding. You can you can get away with. So I think it impacted the collection, and then once it did we'd never really stop wearing our shoes. So I have to consciously now wear, not wear my shoes. And I actually kind of feel bad when I don't, <laughs> I, I kind of do, but uh, you do it. And of course I love, I love, I just still love a bunch of other stuff. Well, it's interesting so. as, as a follower of both of your accounts, you can't tell that you're pushing, pushing, pushing. I think that's one of the things that makes really, makes it really nice about your brand is you have this brand and you have your distinct profile as the Metro man or one dapper street. And you, it doesn't come across as product pushy because you're absolutely right. If you just push, people are just going to say enough, right? This is not why I'm here. I'm yeah. here for your individual personality. I had pushed the limits on that a little bit on my YouTube channel because mm. I uh, started plugging a lot more mm. uh, for the same reason, though. Right. I, 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 just, I was wearing the shoes. I was styling the shoes, and it came naturally. Yeah. 
But I forgot for a hot second that I am appealing to a market and I'm just pushing the same, you know, seven silhouettes and people are like, can you also like do a couple Converse outfits again? Like some of my most successful videos are, are actually styling cons and van, uh, Converse and Vans, like with millions of views at this point. I need to diversify yeah. on there. But if you talk Quick about humble it, brag. Again, yeah. again, <laughs> just 10 million views right there. Millions and millions and, and billions and billions and billions. <laughs> but you have been focusing more on YouTube recently. Much. Yeah. Yeah. Much. And why is that? I wanted personally just have deeper relationships with the people that I connect with. And that's, that's actually like it from an emotional side. I like talking a lot more and connecting with people and, and, and talking about the content in a more, elaborative uh, elaborate manner than than just taking a photo on the sidewalk which i still do and i still enjoy but why not igtv or you know another well i mean igtv i started youtube the past uh, about two years ago we started taking it more seriously so igtv was not around the corner yet then it was vertical i wasn't going to do that i wasn't going to reshoot everything just to fit it in that frame now it's horizontal and and they're going to monetize soon so there's a lot happening there so my content will live on there soon as well but YouTube um, has the op opportunity to monetize, and it is the second largest search engine after Google, also owned by Google, so it works around SEO. So it's incredibly easy in comparison to Instagram to reach a new audience. So in the two years that I've been doing YouTube, now uh, I've surpassed my Instagram following, which I've been working on for six and a half years, of 440,000 now on YouTube, 470, and growing like 30K a month, which is numbers you're unheard of on Instagram, like mm -hmm. to still be growing like 1,000 followers a day that doesn't really right. happen. that doesn't happen much anymore yeah mm -hmm. yeah no that's awesome so what does Ankari florist look like in five years bought by chanel no I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding um i don't know like i hope amazing no, <laughs> no we, we we have our sales figured we have our sales figures figured out <laughs> mm -hmm. our no sales pun plan intent. our sales plan figured out and it's uh definitely looking like uh, we we appreciate our our partnership with nordstrom and are hoping that that's going to expand further but we're also planning to expand into the european market where we have a large following a big yeah. interest and and seeing how we can develop our business there where we have a few people that uh, are interested and we have somebody like a salesperson within our team who also has some contacts over there so that's 2020 one twenty-two, where we'd look to have some physical locations there, but I think the main focus is still on building the website and and having that Nordstrom partnership to get the word out, uh, to get the word out, to have some some visibility, to have get the shoes on people's feet because we know once they're on there, people fall in love and they talk about it and they buy it again. So we're hoping to to grow the business still significantly, and we have been growing year over year exponentially since the launch. Yeah, which is nice. You know, it goes back to us overestimating how we'd launch initially, <laughs> <laughs> which was a little bit of a damper. But it's nice because then it, it actually allowed us to really scale into this business because it was a little bit of a side hustle like, oh, we want to have, you know, shoes yeah. with our names on it and something tangible, not just digital. It turned, it's already, I think, I feel bigger than we realistically thought it was going to be, but we're still not where we dreamt it was going to be yeah. all the way there. But so far, we're going uh, straight for that direction. So, yeah. like, I feel like Nordstrom really gave us that push to even it, just psychologically, just logically, yeah. Like, it gave us that we we didn't have deadlines before, and now we have deadlines. So, like, that's something that is nice. Like, they're giving us that push to, you know, they're setting up they're setting us up for success. Like, we're putting more time into it, more energy, and I think it shows too. Like, I'm so excited about the collection that we have right now. If I when I see it. In five years from now, I'm not going to look back and be like, oh, my God, I wish I did something different. When I see my first collection, our first collection, I'm like, 
oh, wow, I wish I did this a little bit differently. I wish I did this like that. So we are, it's making us getting, it's get. we're always going to go back and say, oh, wow, I wish it was slightly different. It's getting us better and better to, in five years from now, I'm going to look at, a, at, at our collection. I'll be like, I love it. Like, I, I won't have anything bad to say about it. I will have zero regrets. Yeah. We're going to do a podcast you, five years from today. Today yeah. is, and we're going to come back. No, but you know hey, what Siri, I mean? set an alarm for it. <laughs> but do you know, like, I feel like yeah. we're getting better at making sure we don't have those regrets. I think I think a large part of what Moody's talking about is, uh, is the factory communication, where it's just like they understand our aesthetic more and more. We get to refine those minute details that we want to be refining. So the communication is getting better and better. Um, where but we also literally... we're knowing, we're getting to know better what we want. Like, mm-hmm. I think... You know, when I first, when we first saw the collection, I loved our launch collection. I, I don't know love what you're it talking too. About. I love it too. But there are things that we would want to make different, like the sneakers with the Batman flaps, which we didn't notice until after. We could cut that. I like Pete, but Marcel likes Batman. I don't. I like them. I'm like I'm more of a Superman. Actually, I'm more of a Wonder Woman. So like it's yeah. fine. <laughs> well, guys, where can people find you online? Obviously, Ankari Flores. Ankari Flores. www. That's A N K A R I F L O R U S S. dot com. Swipe up right now. <laughs> but also on my Instagram is at Moti Ankari and Marcel Flores, and all over Google, all over the internet, all over the internet. Tweet me. <laughs> Tweet me. YouTube. Yeah. Well, well, gents, thanks so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure to have you. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Thank you. An awesome conversation. Thanks again to Moti and and Marcel for joining us today. Really interesting story. Really phenomenal progress for the guys. Very excited for them to be rolling out in Nordstrom. But a few things I want to take away from the conversation we had with them. First, in terms of deciding what they wanted to do beyond the influencer realm, Uh, They got very specific. It was a new take on something old. It was not necessarily a new medium. They knew they had the built-in audience. They knew what resonated with their followers. And that's perhaps the most important point. They weren't guessing, right? This wasn't just guesswork. They knew the silhouettes that their followers liked. They went after them. They they, They created a very nice package for their first release, which allowed them to have a lot of success. And there, yes, of course, there were bumps early in the road. But They knew their audience better than anyone else, and so they were able to develop a product specifically for them and grow it. The second important thing, I think, is the passion. They both love footwear. I think it came across in the interview. They both love footwear. They love building this brand. They're really excited to work on it every day. And even on the tough days, they can get out of bed and do it. And and I think that's really important because when everything's going well, it's easy. Right when when things are going your way and you know orders are coming in or engagement's really good, it's easy to get fired up. But when when you're having those down days, when orders you know get mixed up or you get some bad feedback or maybe your engagement isn't as good, it's tough. And so you need that passion to carry you through those tough days. And that's what they clearly both have. Another thing I want to touch uh, touch on is is kind of the bumps in the road. They were freely admitted, which is quite refreshing, quite honestly, that um, they had some bumps in the road. You know, they didn't realize how international their customer base was when they first launched. Uh, The lack of a pre-sale hurt them. You know, they learned a lot from that. They didn't look at it as, hey, we need to be, you know, the biggest shoe brand out there in 12 months. They said, all right, this is a long-term endeavor. We're going to learn from this. We're going to improve. And here they are four years later rolling out into Nordstrom and with bigger plans even beyond that. So know that the hiccups, when you're you're launching something for the first time, know that the hiccups are going to happen. Take the long view, learn from them, 
have great customer service, respond to kind of the needs of the folks that are, are interested in buying your product or engaging with you, and, and weather the storm and grow and, and build towards the ultimate goal. I think that's a, a really great takeaway from their story. And then finally, when producing a product, don't rush it. Take your time. Make sure that you have all of the right information you need. Find a good team to help you and produce something that you would use. Don't just do it because you think there's some quick money in, in it because ultimately that's going to be the, the downfall, right? Trying to make a, you know, a quick money grab is not going to work. These guys spent a lot of time and effort and, and thought into producing what is now a wonderful brand. And, and it wasn't something that they just did overnight. They took their time. They they know they, they knew the painstaking work that it was going to take, and they weren't afraid to do it. As a quick reminder, if you don't already follow both of them, make sure you head over to their respective handles. On Instagram, it's Moti Ankari and Marcel Flores, and then also the Ankari Flores brand. That's A-N-K-R-I-F-L-O-R-U-S-S, Ankari Flores, and then online at AnkariFlores.com. For more stories like this and everything else you could ever possibly need to help run your business more efficiently, head over to trovebusiness.com. We've got everything you need. It's a great place to go whenever you have a question, whether you're at the beginning of your journey or you've been at this for a long time. There's a ton of great information, a lot of good resources there for you. A big shout out to our guy, Pete Crimmy, who always makes us sound better over the podcast than we do in person. Thanks so much for joining me this week on Influencer Business. I'm your host, Rich Gudlari, and we'll see you next time. 